Take your Bibles this morning to Isaiah chapter number 6. Isaiah chapter number 6 this morning. And uh, what a blessing it is to know the Lord. What a blessing it is. Isaiah chapter number 6. And uh, I want to I want to finish, Lord willing, this morning the thought that I started some time back and we've been interrupted with different meetings and different services and, and so I want to finish it this morning. Isaiah chapter number 6 and verse number 1. Let's stand, if you will, all over the building as we read the Word of God and we'll read just a handful of verses and I want to uh, emphasize uh, a phrase when I come to it um, and you'll see it. And that's, that's where I want to finish up this morning preaching. Isaiah 6, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings, with twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. Two Two wings covered his face, two wings covered his feet, and two wings he used to fly. Uh, and one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. How many of you would amen that this morning? And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone. Notice verse 5, then said I. If my studies are right, this is the first time that Isaiah is speaking for himself. He has spoken uh, for the Lord in a word of prophecy uh, to the people of Israel in other uh, chapters or other uh, uh, chapters in Isaiah. Uh, but this is the first time he speaks for himself. Uh, as himself, for himself. Then said I, woe is me. That's a good thing this morning to say about yourself. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, uh, a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Notice again, Then said I, Here am I, Send me. That's a good thing to say as well. Sounds like Isaiah's saying the right things. Then said I, woe is me. Then said I, here am I. Send me. Verse 9, and he said, go and tell this people, hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, and make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their ear, or see with their uh, eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and convert and be healed. Verse 11, Then said I, Lord, how long? And he answered, Until the cities be wasted without inhabitant 
and the houses without man and the land be utterly desolate and the Lord have removed men far away and there be a great forsaking in the midst of the land. But yet in it shall be a tenth and it shall return and shall be eaten as a teal tree and as an oak whose substance is in them when they cast their leaves so the holy seed shall be the substance thereof. That's all 13 verses of Isaiah 6. Brother Tripp, if you'll hand me just a little bit more monitor, I'd appreciate it. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we come before you one more time. We ask you, God, that you would give us that that we need today. Lord, I pray, God, for wisdom. I pray, God, for discernment. I pray, God, for help. I pray, God, for the hand of God this morning. Lord, in everything that's said and done, God, you know what we need. God, you know where we are. Lord, I pray, God, that you would take this time, speak to the people of God this morning. Lord, give us, Lord, give us, uh, give us wisdom. Lord, give us, uh, give us deliverance. I pray, God, that we would uh, change, that you would change our lives. And I pray, God, for the presence of the Lord this morning in the preaching. I can't do it without you. In Jesus' name, Amen. You can be seated this morning. Uh, I, we, we, we started, I've, I've preached two thoughts out of Isaiah 6, the tragedy that fueled Isaiah's vision, the treasure that filled Isaiah's vision, and I've been telling you that we were going to, the next thought was going to be the task that followed Isaiah's vision. Uh, and as I have meditated on that and studied on that, uh, realized uh, that the task uh, just don't seem like the right word. So I, this morning I want to preach on the transformation that followed Isaiah's vision. Uh, the transformation that followed Isaiah's vision. This was a life-changing moment in Isaiah's life. How many of you have ever had uh, uh, some life-changing moments in your life? I mean, uh, change your life. Some of them may have not have been good. Uh, some of them may have been good, some may have been bad, but Isaiah had more than a good uh, life-changing moment. He had more than a bad life-changing moment. He had a holy life-changing moment where God transformed Isaiah's life and he never was the same. I, I can take you to a couple times like that in my life. Uh, I remember when I was a lost sinner without Christ on my way to hell, and I met the blessed Redeemer, and he transformed my life, that was a life-changing moment. Does anybody in here remember when God saved you? Wasn't that a life-changing moment? Changed my life. Uh, I remember as a boy, as a teenager, God was dealing with me about being a preacher, and I didn't want to. I was running from it. Uh, I, was, I was telling God no, I remember the night, it was a Thursday night of revival. I was 16 years old and the Lord met with me one more time and said, tonight is the night that you surrender your life to me. And I said, yes, Lord. And that was a life-changing moment in my life. Surrendering to the will of God, uh, saying yes to the will of God in my life. It'll change your life. There's been times in our marriage where God has absolutely done such big things that it's changed our marriage, changed our home. 
Uh, some of them are really big. Some of them are really small, but they are life-changing moments. That's what every adult in here needs. That's what every teenager in here needs. That's what every family in here needs. For the Lord to transform your life, to transform your home by the goodness of God. That's what Isaiah experienced. Uh, I, I thought about this. As I was studying, I, I know uh, how people think, and somebody said, well, preacher, if God were to roll back the scroll of heaven, if God were to open the sky and I could see him like Isaiah saw him, then no doubt that would be a life-changing moment. And that's exactly right. But we're not looking for that this morning. Of course, we know that there is coming a day. He is coming in the clouds, and he's coming for us, those who've been born again. But Isaiah saw the Lord literally high and lifted up. You say, preacher, if I could see something like that, that would change my life. I'd believe God. I'd do anything that God wanted me to do. Maybe there's some young people here this morning. You'd say, preacher, if God were to just, I mean, put it on a billboard. If God were to just say, hey, and call you by name, look at me, live for me, follow me. If he were to do that, then I would serve him with all that I've got. But God's not operating that way and neither are we. We operate by faith. We, oper we, uh, we live by faith and not by sight. Uh, I thought about a time in the New Testament uh, where some people following the Lord, he showed himself to them in this matter. Uh, uh, you remember Peter, James, and John, they were called up to the Mount of Transfiguration and uh, the Lord transfigured himself before them. He showed himself to them in all of his glory and no doubt that is a life-changing experience. You say, preacher, but God's never done that for me. He's never rolled back the cloud. He's never rolled back the, uh, the scroll of heaven and shown himself to me in such a way and I just don't know if I can trust him. I just don't know if I can can live for him. I've never seen him like that. And that's not what we're looking for this morning. And that's not what I'm preaching to you this morning. We're not looking for an extra biblical revelation. We're not looking for an extra biblical prophecy. We, we believe the Bible this morning. But let me give you some Bible. Look, look in 2 Peter chapter number 1 this morning. 2 Peter chapter number 1, if you want to turn there. Uh, 2 Peter chapter 1 and uh, verse number 19 this morning. Uh, actually, we'll back up to verse number 16, 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 16. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Peter was with the Lord Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration when he revealed himself as the Son of God and God the Son, and he revealed himself in his glory. They saw a shimmer of the glory of God uh, in the person of the Lord Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter said, I was there. I witnessed it with my own eyes. Boy, wouldn't that have been something? Wouldn't that have been amazing? How many of you believe that there's coming a day that we're gonna see him in his glory with our own eyes? Look in verse number uh, 17, we've received from God, or I'm sorry, verse 16. Uh, he said, I'll read it again. We have not followed cunningly devised fables 
when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord uh, Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty, for he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Peter said, I was there. I saw it with my eyes. I heard it with my ears. If you ought to believe anybody, he said, you ought to believe me. I saw it and I heard. He saw what Isaiah saw. He heard what Isaiah heard. He saw what John on the Isle of Patmos saw. He heard what John on the Isle. There's been a handful of folks who have seen him in his glory. They've heard him in his glory. They've witnessed him in his glory. Peter said, you ought to listen to me. You ought to believe me. I'm telling you the truth. But watch this. Verse 18. And this voice which came down from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. Verse 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place unto the day dawn and the star rise in your hearts. <coughs> Knowing this first that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Simon Peter, now here's what I want you to see and I'm gonna get back to Isaiah. He said, I saw him, I heard him, I witnessed him, I was an eyewitness. If, if you're gonna believe anybody, isn't it an eyewitness that you wanna believe? In a court of law, don't you bring in an eye? I mean, if you've got an eyewitness, you've got the, you, I mean, you've got it sealed. You've got the case settled because there's an eyewitness. Uh, sometimes it's theory. Sometimes we're wondering, trying to figure it out. But if there's an eyewitness, you can believe that and that holds up in a court of law. Simon Peter said Isaiah was an eyewitness. I was an eyewitness. James and John were eyewitnesses. Uh, John on the Isle of Patmos was an eyewitness. He said, but, We've got something better than that. We've got something better than eyewitnesses. We've got a more sure word of prophecy. It is the word of God. You say, preacher, if the Lord would reveal himself to me, I'd believe him. He has. Look, preacher, if the Lord were to show himself to me, he has. He's shown himself to you in 66 books of the word of God. He has revealed who he is to me and you. Simon Peter said it's a more sure word of prophecy. More than what I'm saying, more than what John has said, more than what, listen, if the angels could come down this morning and say to you and I, we want you to know he's real. We want you to know you can live for him. We want you to know he can change your life. That would be wonderful, but it is not as wonderful as the word of God. We have a more sure word of prophecy. This is either it or it's not, and it is. You can live your whole life on this book. As a matter of fact, I was thinking this week, uh, uh, what we need is to see the Lord. What we need, and, and it transformed Isaiah's life. 
It changed everything about his life. It changed his past. It changed his present. And it changed his future. And if the Lord would save you, it would change your past because he washes our past sin, our present sin, and our future sin. It changed everything about Isaiah's life when he saw the Lord. And it'll change everything about your life, everything about your life today. If you could see the Lord, you say, preacher, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. I'll be honest with you this morning. uh, I I think we saw him pretty good last week in revival. How many of you believe Psalm 22 as Brother Bagwell began preaching and and we realized that it was Jesus on the cross there dying in our place and and then he took us all the way to the end and we realized and we already knew it but we rejoiced in the fact that he didn't stay dead and he didn't stay in the tomb but he's coming back and he's King of kings and Lord of lords. Change your life. Whatever, what all happened in this day in Isaiah's life, it changed the whole trajectory of his life. Now I've got about 15 minutes left to preach, so I've got to hurry. I'm going to keep my word because she's not going to be late for work. And I'm going to baptize her this morning. Uh, the transformation that followed his vision. Look in, look in chapter 6, verse number 5. Then said I, woe is me. For I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. You know one of the hardest things it is for anybody to admit? I'm a sinner. Why is that so hard? That's what Isaiah was saying. I am a sinner. But it was only after he saw the Lord that he said, I am a sinner. Uh, When he was looking at King Uzziah, when he was looking around at all that was around him, uh, you never hear this out of Isaiah, but the day that he sees the Lord uh, high and lifted up, he sees the Lord in all of his glory and and he realizes that I'm not like him. I am a sinner. I am undone. And and some people say this was the day Isaiah got saved. Some people say he was already saved and this was the day of his sanctification. I believe it was both. I believe he probably got saved on this day and sanctified on this day because I believe God will save you and clean your life up. But it was when he saw the Lord, he said, woe, then said I, woe is me. I want to ask you a question this morning, just point blank. Have you ever said anything like, woe is me? I, I know we say, woe is them. <laughs> Boy, we need to pray for them. They've got some problems going on in their life. Boy, we need, to, we, need to, we need to help them. I mean, they're a mess. But Isaiah felt pretty good probably about himself and his religion like most of us do and, and felt like, you know, I'm doing pretty good and getting by pretty good because if I'm looking at you, I can feel pretty good. If you're looking at me, you can feel pretty good because you won't have to follow me around too long to find out that there is sin in me. I have a sin nature and I'm no better than you and you're no better than me. But oh, listen, in the presence, of the Lord, in the presence of God Almighty, in the presence of perfection and purity the only thing Isaiah could say is I've seen the king and I'm not like him I've seen the Lord and I do not compare to him woe is me 
Woe is me. I am undone. I'm a man of uncleanness. I, I read this this morning, actually, uh, or maybe it was last night. Uh, somebody said, uh, wonder why Isaiah said of himself, I'm a man of unclean lips. And one man had the theory, they said this, and I don't know if it's true. One man said because he had been saying stuff that he ought not to say. And I don't mean vulgar stuff, but, but Isaiah had just died. Isaiah was, or Uzziah had just died. And the reason Uzziah died is because he'd offered in the temple incense to God that had no business offering. And everybody knew it and he'd been smitten by God with leprosy. And maybe Isaiah said, boy, if, if Uzziah had any sense, he wouldn't have done that. <laughs> talking about things that he had no business talking about. I, if, if I were Uzziah, I would have never done that. I tell you what I think that we ought to do. And, and somebody said, I think that he was talking about things that he ought not be talking about. And then somebody else said, well, I think that he wasn't talking about things at all. He was just silent about everything. And sometimes what you do say will get you in trouble. And sometimes what you don't say will get you in trouble. Sometimes we're very opinionated when we need to be quiet and sometimes we're very quiet when we need to be opinionated. When it comes to bragging on the Lord Jesus Christ, we ought to, we ought to participate in that. When it comes to glorifying our Savior, somebody ought to speak up every now and then. When it comes to running our mouth about stuff we're not qualified to talk about, sometimes we just need to be quiet. Probably a little bit of both. But when he saw him, when he heard him, when he witnessed him, he said, then said, I, woe is me. Do you know what, listen to me this morning, do you know what will change your life if you quit talking about how good you are and recognize that without him I'm nothing? That's how a sinner gets saved. Woe is me. I am a sinner. That's how same folks get victory. God, I can't, but you can. I'm not, but you are. Lord, woe is me. Oh, it is from that place that worship springs forth in your heart when you realize I don't deserve to be here this morning. I don't deserve to sing in the choir. I don't deserve to stand behind this pulpit. I do not deserve to sit in these pews. I do. Somebody said, preacher, I can't believe you're telling the whole congregation that they don't deserve it. Neither do you. Neither do I. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all sinful in the sight of God, but it is the grace of God that reached way down to where man was that makes me saved and clean and deserving in the eyes of God then said I woe is me alright I got 10 minutes to finish preaching I'm going to do it look at the next one verse number 8 also I heard the voice of the Lord saying whom shall I send and who will go for us then said I here am I send me Notice the first, then said I was, woe is me. And listen to me this morning. If you'll ever say to God, woe is me, God is the one who can do all. Notice after that it was God who did all the cleansing work in Isaiah's life. Then said I, woe is me, and God said, all right, not anymore. 
Then said, I, I am a sinner. And God said, not anymore. Then said, I, I am undeserving. And God said, not anymore. Then said, I, I'm, headed, I'm headed to hell. And God said, not anymore. Amen. Then said, I, I'm not worthy to come into your presence. And God said, not anymore. Because you've been washed. You've been redeemed. You've been made clean. Then said, I, I'll go. Send me. Here's the next, I mean, life-changing action in Isaiah's life. Number one, woe is me. Number two, here am I, send me. God asks a question he knows the answer to. <laughs> you think God's talking to you about serving him because he's just wringing his hands trying to find somebody? No, he knows the answer to the question. Isn't that funny? The Lord's got Isaiah right there and and, and, and he's seen the Lord, and, all, and then he's, the Lord's talking, and, said, then, and, and the Lord said, whom shall I go? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess the one who's sitting there who's talking to him who just saw him. Huh. Let's read it again. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Who's that us? That's the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Whom shall go for us? Then said I, well, I don't see anybody else here. And uh, here, my Lord, send me. And that was just as life-changing as the day or the moment he said, then said I, woe is me. Have you ever this morning, not only have you ever said, Lord, I'm a sinner, woe is me, but have you ever said, God, Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. You can change my plans, and I'll let you. Tara testified a minute ago, and she said, I was driving to church this morning, and, and you heard her say it, but I like retelling people's stories. She said, I was driving to church this morning and thinking about the path of life, and I might not have picked any of these if I was the one picking them, but God picked them. And boy, aren't you glad for the paths that God puts you in in your life? Then said I, here my Lord, send me. Oh my goodness, this morning, if, if some daddies at Crossroads Baptist Church would say, Lord, here my, send me. That's not for children. That's not, it is for children, but it's not just for children. It's not just something that children, but men with, grown men with wives and children and jobs can say, God, here I am. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Say, I would, but I'm scared he'd tell me. <laughs> he will. And he might say, I want you to keep doing what you're doing. Or he might say, I want you to do this. But here's what everybody ought to say. God, it don't matter what you want me to do. I'm willing to do it if you tell me. And I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing unless you change the directions. But Lord, I've written out a blank check to you. And I'm signing my name at the bottom. And I'm waiting on you to fill it out, whatever it is. But you know what? You say, preacher, I'm scared to death of doing that. If you ever do that, you'll find out God has written you a blank check and signed his name at the bottom and said, whatever you need, I'll provide. Whatever you need, I'll supply. Whatever you need. If, if you'll write a blank check, sign your name at the bottom and give it to God. Say, here am I, send me. God, in return, will write a blank check, sign his name at the bottom and say, whatever you need from here on out, I'll take care of it. Here am I, send me. 
but it was only when he saw the Lord. What we need this morning is on Sunday mornings, what we need is on Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, revival meetings, but not just that. You can sit down. I resigned this church years ago. We'd gone through a terrible time. I'd resigned the church and uh, and, 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 and I went home that Sunday night. This is probably, I've been here 15 years. This is 14 and three quarters. I hadn't been here long when this happened. I went home that Sunday night and uh, God said, what did you do that for? I said, well, I was tired of it. He said, well, I didn't tell you to do it. Some of y'all didn't even know I'd resign. I resigned. I resigned the Crossroads Baptist Church publicly. I said, y'all haven't. I'm gone. See you. Went home, sat down in my living room, and God said, huh, well, I, I, I guess you're just calling the shots now. I said, well, Lord, I got up that next morning, and God had beat me up all night. I shouldn't say beat me up. He had whipped me all night. I got up the next morning, and, I, and, and God had me in the Psalms. I was reading and the psalmist David said, By this I know, I know thou favorest me, because my enemies doth not triumph against me. And God said, I didn't tell you to leave, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back Wednesday night. Go in there and tell everybody, I'm sorry, I'm a fool, I messed up, and I'm still here. But it was in the word of God that I saw him. It was in the word of God that he spoke to me. It was in the word of God that he revealed to me what he thought about me. He revealed to me what he was wanting to do in my life. And what I'm trying to tell you is if you read this book, if you study this book, if you put this in your life and you put preaching in your life and church in your life, God will reveal himself to you and you'll say something like this, Lord, woe is me and here am I, sin. Here's the last one and I'm done. Somebody said, well, we need to baptize every Sunday morning. I got three minutes. Chapter six, verse. And what God told Isaiah to do wasn't always gonna be fun. If you think what God's gonna tell you to do is always gonna be fun, you're wrong. But it can always be joy-filled. You can do what you're doing with the joy of the Lord. But I'm going to tell you something else. Living apart from the will of God is not always going to be fun either. But there is no joy there. If you live for God, it's not always going to be fun. It's not always going to be easy. If you don't live for God, it's not always going to be fun. And it's not always going to be easy. But one of them has joy and peace and one of them don't. So if it's not going to be fun or easy, either one that I do, then I at least ought to do the one where there's joy and peace and the presence of God and I don't have to walk it alone. Saved people go to funerals. Lost people go to funerals. Saved people get discouraged. Lost people get discouraged. Saved people get behind on their bills. Lost people get behind on their bills. Saved people get sick. Lost people get sick. Saved people get down and out. Lost people get down and out. But if I'm gonna do what everybody else is gonna do, thank God I can do it with joy unspeakable and full of glory. I can do it in the middle of the will of God with the peace of God. Amen.
Here's the last one. Verse 11, Then said I, Lord, how long? <laughs> Took me a minute to wrap my mind around this one. Then said I, how long? And that was in response because God said, All right, here's what I want you to go do. I want you to go tell these folks they see, but they don't see. They hear, but they don't hear. They understand, but they don't understand. He said, I want you to go be an independent Baptist preacher in 2023. And preach to people, not you, but honestly, the world, they don't want to hear what we've got to say. You play in religion, play in church, and, 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 and he said, I want you to go tell them, y'all just playing games. Again, I'm not talking to you. I believe we've got some great Christians here. And I believe there's some people that don't go here great Christians. There's great Christians in every state, in every country, in every city. God's got a remnant everywhere. But the overall majority don't want to hear, thus saith the Lord. How many of you believe that this morning? He said, that's what I want you to go do. I want you to go tell people, thus saith the Lord. And it's not going to be a pleasant message most of the time. Because if somebody's going to get saved, they're going to have to realize they're a sinner. Jesus came to save sinners. Jesus came that sinners might repent of their sin, that their life might be changed, that what was killing them before they got saved will no longer kill them because now they are saved and God changed their life. He said, I want you to go do that. And Isaiah said, how long am I supposed to preach this message? And the Lord answered him and he said, well, until the cities be wasted without inhabitant and the houses without man and the land be utterly desolate and the Lord have removed men far away and there be a great forsaking in the midst of the land. It's bad now, Isaiah. I want you to keep preaching your message until it gets worse. It's bad now, I want you to serve me in the middle of this bad, and when it gets worse, I want you to keep serving me. How long? Then said I, how long? And what God said to Isaiah would have discouraged everyone. Well, man, if it's going to get that bad, I need to hurry up and take care of my business. You know, I need to, I need to diversify some of my accounts. I need to go make some money because, I mean, you said the land's going to be desolate and, and, and without inhabitant in the houses. I mean, I need, to, I, need to, I need to get some stuff paid off and I need to diversify and I need to, I need to fix this and I need to go tell this person this. And, and Isaiah said none of that. And what he did, he did what God said to do. Here's the first thing he said, woe is me. I'm a sinner, I'm undone, I'm unclean, cleanse me. Here's the second thing he said, here am I, send me. Here's a blank check, God. You send me where you want me. I'll trust you. And here's the third thing he said, all right, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to serve you with hope that no matter how bad it gets, there'll come a day that won't be like this day. Oh, are y'all hearing me this morning? I'm going to serve you in the middle of it all. I'm going to patiently wait for what you're going to do. I'm going to believe you when my eyes are telling me something else. 
We all want to serve God if it's expedient. We all want to serve God if it fills our bank account. We all want to serve God if we get the position that we want. We want to serve God if we get the platform that we want. We want to serve God if we get the recognition that we want, if we get the paycheck that we want. But how many would say, God, here am I, send me, and I'll keep serving you when it don't pay. I'll keep serving you if it costs me friends, if it costs me land, if it costs me a house, if it costs me everything, I'll serve you through it all or through it all till the end it was a resolve that was set in Isaiah's heart because he saw the Lord you know why I remember hearing the story I'm done preaching you can come on the piano I remember hearing the story of the was it the Moravian missionaries I can't remember brother Chris you remember that with the Moravian missionaries there was an island um, of, of, of people that was off limits to everybody. They could not take the gospel to this island of sinners. The only way to get on that island was to be a slave. These Moravian missionaries sold themselves into slavery. Sold themselves into slavery so that they could go, knowing that they would never get out and never come back, so that they could go to this island and witness of the goodness of God to these people and tell these folks about Jesus. They said that when they kissed their family goodbye and they waved, knowing that this was our life from here on out. We said, preacher, what would make a man or a woman do that? Same thing's been making men and women serve God all these years. They saw him and the joy that was set before him. What made Abraham, I'm sorry, what made Moses, what made Moses deny the, 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 the kingly uh, robes of Pharaoh's world in Egypt that he might, that he might be partakers with his brethren, Hebrews said. He saw him and he said, I'll serve you. I'm done preaching this morning. I wonder if there's anybody in here this morning you'd say, preacher, I've never admitted to God I'm a sinner. I need to. I, I pray you'll come this morning during the invitation. I wonder if there's any this morning you'd say, preacher, I know I'm saved, but I want to tell God, here am I, send me. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. And then I'll and then do that thing. Do it. Don't come tell God, God, I, I'll do whatever you want me to do, but then you don't come back tonight. Don't come tell God, I'll do whatever you want me to do, but you don't read your Bible. Do the things that God's told you to do. And I wonder this morning if there'd be one and you're in the middle of a hard time and you're struggling and you're wanting to quit. You're wanting to stop. But one more time, you'd go through the pages of Scripture and you'd see Him who loved you. And you'd get resolve in your soul. I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to back out. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to serve God with all I've got. As long as I've got. Let's stand this morning. Would anybody be willing to come pray this morning? Kiara, go ahead and get ready. Would anybody be ready to come 
Help us pray this morning.